he they say his crew people have said he only does a six hour day now. Great. Just, okay, all right. And he can still make these movies in like four months. Yeah. He literally read the script probably in August. He I read, keep saying that, but I bet it's true. Make that chart. I bet. I bet I can find out. I know someone at the production company. I can find. I can get the scoop. Do it. Get that scoop on Clinty. How was everyone's holiday? It was nice. Everyone sad, have a great, sad, very sad. relaxing. I realized right after I got back from the East Coast that I had relaxed so hard and I wasn't even aware of it. Like when we sat down to record the Vice episode, I didn't feel as tightly clenched as I usually do mm-hmm. when I come in here. Not because I'm dreading recording, but because I'm carrying in everything for the last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was able to shake a lot of it off. So it was a productive vacation. Wow. Good. I love in that way. Easing of stress. Hell yeah, me too. It's a really beautiful thing. Oh, I'm feeling very stressed. <laughs> I'm a little stressed. Well, you guys have we have some a project. Well, yeah, you especially. I just mean like. Well, we've actually already done the project. Uh, well, I was gonna say it All today. Right. Yeah, if you didn't say it, I was gonna say it. Oh fuck! By the time this that just drops, made my anxiety. Spike. I know. I keep thinking like an entire yeah. film shoot will be concluded by the time this. Yeah. Do you want to share with our listeners what you're talking about? Hi everyone. <laughs> I wrote and am directing a short film that our dear friend Brandon is producing with some other some dear other friends, fellow film fags. Film fags. <laughs> and we're shooting this past, we shot this past weekend, if you're listening to this, on the day that we released. And it all went really well. And it was well. perfect. It, there was not no, one problem. No, nah, well, no, no I, will, I will say of the few problems that there were, they turned into... It was new a discoveries. In disguise. And, uh, you might say a blessing in disguise. You might exactly. say that. And in a congratulations to Golden Globe winners Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book. And Lady Gaga. Mm. Oh, great. Congrats. Congratulations to all of you. Congratulations to Vigo Mortensen on his win for Best Actor at a Comedy or Musical. Surprise to everybody. Here. I brought it over here for your convenience, Brandon. The bottle opener. And congratulations to Rachel McAdams for Game Night, a shocking write-in. A write-in. Crazy victory. (laughs) And Jesse Plemons for Game Night, too, don't forget. And Vice. Yeah, Jesse Jesse Plemons got the rare (laughs) double nod write-in. Yeah. For the mule. I mean, the mule. Yeah, the mule. (laughs) Don't you think the mule kind of has Jesse Plemons energy? Yeah. It does. He could could pop up. He's definitely in it. And we just don't know. Well, no. (laughs) You know what's going to happen? Because Clint forgot to get him in the frame. They'd already moved on to the next setup. Clint is going to get a Best Actor nomination at the Oscars. Oh, I'm on the record about this. So. This is, we this whole time, this fall, we thought it was going to be Mr. Robert Redford was going to sweep in for his final performance in The Old Man of the Gun. Frankly, that, and because Sissy Spacek was expected to get a nod, I think is partly why we prioritized it on yeah. our calendar. And what's going to happen is Clint Eastwood is, is the December surprise. Yes. He's, he's taking that slot. Now you said instead of Ethan, Ethan but... You think instead of... I would like to propose mm-hmm. that it's Clint, Ethan, Cradley, Cradley, Christian, Rami. So you think John David Washington isn't going to make the cut? I do. Oh, that 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 five sounds. I think sounds that about could right. be very right. I yep. was so hungover this morning and today because of the party that Ben and I were at last night, ringing in the new year. <gasps> Shout out to fellow film fags. Dan Polis and TJ Slipko, mm-hmm. who had us 
And I had to lift and go get my car, and I got my car. Mm. It's like I, I'm, I'm like I can't handle music, I can't handle a podcast. I'm just gonna put on NPR, and I'm sure that the dulcet tones of Terry Gross's voice are going to, Curio. you know, whisk me away. And mm. it's a repeat episode of Fresh Air Was with Rami, Rami Malik discussing the process of discovering Freddie Mercury. Yeah, in I just listened to that Bohemian Rhapsody, and it, I had to pull my car over. He sounds like so such you a could vomit. pompous Correct. asshole. <laughs> yes, he he sounds awful. Mm-hmm. He's a real dick, isn't he? Well, you I mean, we, we can't really editorialize. We don't know the man, but don't you think that his character? I'd still listen to like ten minutes of the interview. Don't you think that his character on BoJack Horseman mirrors that guy in the interview a lot? More closely than oh you would have God. thought. I, I don't even remember that. him. On he the he plays program. he plays but the writer. The, yeah, the showrunner. Oh. Yeah, the Filbert creator. I didn't know that, but yeah, I forgot that was him. Good, mm-hmm. good call. Yeah, thanks. That's really. He yikes. Yeah, that's literally him. No. I bet. I bet. You know, we don't know. It's we him. Know. Oh, oh no! I thought you meant the voice. I'm like, no. We can confirm he is the voice of oh, the I mean, Filbert showrunner. The person that he's projecting in Fresh Air is the person that he would like to be. Very serious actor. What I didn't like were his self-deprecating comments where he's like, you know, I can't, I don't have the range of the wonderful, magical uh, Mr. Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. I, my voice cracks yeah. in a higher All register. It's like, it's like to my, I took the meeting and I knew what it was about. And to my surprise, six hours later, they decided that I was the fit for the role. I couldn't believe it. I didn't think they've made a mistake. This is like, oh, come mm-hmm. on, man. And like Ew. playing a clip of. The oh, singing in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh my god! But the acting clip—he sounds goofy. He doesn't sing in it. No. Well, but they they blended. They blended a little. And Terry Gross was like, oh, "So can you tell blended. what is your voice and what is Freddie Mercury's voice?" And he's like, "Well, well, obviously most of it is Freddie Mercury, Mr. Mercury's voice, or something." And like, I, I thought it was a hundred percent Mercury's voice. I think it's just you can, like you can hear little flourishes. I think it's just like, like getting into it is probably Rami to like blend from the dialogue. That's sure, what they said. The beginning. Sure. I think he said the beginning. He, he's like and then the outro. He, he, he was like, yeah, the intro and the outro. He's like, and, and you know, as obviously as we call. Uh, the tops and tails. It's like, dude, the tops and the tails. No one knows what a fucking. No one can tell a top from a fucking tail. Oh. Well, well, actually, we if you have at this table, after at this table, if you have gaydar, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we could have a whole conversation about whether Romney is a top or a tail, but I'm not interested whatsoever. But do you want to? Top, top, top. <laughs> Great. <laughs> He's not a tail. I'll tell you it's that. A consensus. He's not a tail. Mm. I've definitely met mm. that guy in WeHo, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. That like self-serious, thinks he's funny, mm-hmm. but is not funny at all. Yes. Really full of himself. No, he's a, he's a troubled genius so who had Academy Award nominee. A, a troubled, mm-hmm. misunderstood genius who hasn't gotten his due yet. Yeah. Even though Rami Malek has an Emmy, mm-hmm. he's about to get an Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, he now, so now he's pivoted from like misunderstood, underrewarded to tragically misunderstood in the public spotlight, mm-hmm. like misunderstood um, or I don't know, just like certified genius, but still yeah. misunderstood. Yeah. Mm, Rami. God, I love to editorialize about things. We have no idea. About. It's got a, <laughs> well, it's got a, like a, a false is. river. That's Phoenix right. Quality. Like oh, river boy. Phoenix was actually who he was. And this is like trying to approximate. I don't think that. river Phoenix could have played. What's the character's name? Elliot on Mr. Robot. No, because he had too much soul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I never Phoenix. watched that program. I watched the first like season and a half. I watched the first it's just like, a six or seven episodes. Ten hour fight club. We talked when about When you this. told me what the twist was, I wanted to kill myself. Oh, that well, I don't want to say on the mic, but I know what it is. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, come on. <gasps> come on, Brandon. Boop. 
There you go. That was. Oh, wow. Brandon, you said it. Can we beep that out? Let's make sure to beep that out. <laughs> Thank you. You're Should welcome. I segue? Yes. Hey, hold on, you, hold on. You, you're welcome. Just, you are oh, welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Are you doing a bit? No. No, I don't get it. We're just expressing We're just things being very and you're welcome. polite to yeah. each other. Oh, thank you for that. Oh, okay. You're welcome. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thank you for your patience, Ben. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> so you're welcome. You're welcome. Well, thanks. You're welcome. Who, me? I hate us. <laughs> what is playing upstairs? Oh, no, I can't hear it. You can't hear that? No, I can't. Yeah, but I didn't. Ben's, uh, Ben's gay upstairs neighbor was blasting Mama Mia, uh, Mama Mia earlier. Mama Mia. And um, was I've, blasting Christmas music. It's when like I'm, I'm never going to give you up. But it's, it's that guy. It's, yeah. Or a style so, of that. Oh. I think I texted you guys, but yeah, New please. Year's Eve, Palm Springs, we were at a bar that was playing scenes from musicals. Mm. And yeah, fellow film fag Michael Swan's favorite bar. I've heard about yes, this place quads, from, yes. from fellow film fag Jorge Molina. Yes, mm. all the fellow film fags were all there. And uh, we were sitting there, and up comes Rebecca Should Ferguson's I? Never Enough. <sighs> It was so good. I hadn't revisited that Did scene everyone, since I saw I'd like it. I'd like to see No one was paying attention. Well, except one guy. I was like making fun of it and just laughing. And this What's guy kept guy like, like... This guy kept like looking back. You were upsetting him. I was upsetting Did him. Did they play Laurie Metcalf's Never Enough after that? <laughs> it's never enough. It's never enough. <laughs> I wow. wish. I'm going to miss that the holidays. Is insane. insane. Yeah. What's so everybody's good. favorite thing about the holidays? Um, gays being home. Yes, and gay re- home re- content and reverting back to being a teen, yes. an angsty teen mm-hmm. with your yes. parents. Yes, I like the time off work. That's good, <laughs> honestly. Oh, good one for sure. I like I like saying Happy New Year to people mm. and Happy Holidays. It's nice when everybody like. And it's not like everybody has to be nice, but you can tell that some people just get a real like they they enjoy that there's an excuse to be like, mm-hmm. "Hi, how are you?" But yeah. express yeah. their Happy New Year. Yeah. Right. I just think it's lovely. Yeah. Yeah, that's like an added layer. Like any interaction with a stranger can be a nice. There's no room for assholery for a solid like two weeks. Yeah, you're really a bastard if you misbehave like that in public. Everybody wow. goes out of their way to be nice. Yes, I'm kind of a bastard. I'm kind of just always who I am. Happy New Year! Thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Segway. Okay, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> this is movies and IMO. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Brandon, thank you for that. Uh, yeah, I'm not from the Midwest, so I don't get that. Don't... <laughs> yeah, you're like these Midwest fags. I'm like, I just think it's nice that everybody's being nice. It is nice. It is nice. Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> I've literally never set foot in the Midwest. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say I've literally never said thank you or you're welcome. <laughs> True, though. No, I say thank you all the time, but I would. I don't think I would ever say you're welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Welcome. Wow. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's just very vulnerable. It's more vulnerable than thank you. How? Then if you fall, I will catch you. On on the thank you, you're welcome. You're trust welcome. The trust fall of thank, thank you. you, you're welcome. I, I will catch you when you fall. That's nice. Let's not forget to introduce ourselves this week. Oh, yeah. We're bad at that. This is Movies IMO. My name is Ben Empey. My name is Daniel Crook. I'm Brandon Kirby. And that's a sip of wine. Fuck yeah. Thank you. And today, you. this week, we are discussing the last 
Clint Eastwood movie until the next one. <laughs> Watch this space five months from now. We'll be talking about what a we'll swan be, song. We'll be talking about the tool, the mule two. <laughs> what a swan song until two months from until now. Until the next swan song. He's been swan songing for since Grand twenty-five Torino. years. Oh, since Unforgiven. Yeah. Oh, Un- really? I would say since Unforgiven. The, the problem with the mule. We're talking about the mule. We'll we'll get into it. I basically love everything about the mule in concept. It's just that I think that the gears are a little rusty here, yeah. and that he really. This is Ben and I were talking about this last night at the New Year's party. It's like there are certain stretches where like Clint just get the other take. Yeah. Like come on, man. Like it, it, so, some of these scenes are just like seventy five percent there, mm-hmm. but it also just pales in comparison to Unforgiven, which is working out very similar themes. Yeah. Uh, in terms of a man reckoning with his own obsolescence, mm-hmm. with his own. With his own culpability and, and a toxic, crumbling society, just admitting that he's wrong. Yeah. Which is so moving to me. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, sorry. The mule I'm is sorry. about. You're welcome. An old man. 88 year old man. He's in his Ooh. 90s. He's in his mid 90s, directed by Jonah Hill. Which, yikes. I thought he was 88. The math of their family is insane Wild. and it doesn't, it's not correct. <laughs> well, that's because Clint didn't spend much time casting this yeah. thing. Apart Diane from Weiss, casting his daughter. daughter as his estranged daughter. Diane Weist is 20 years younger than Clint, but they shouldn't have a daughter who's 50. <laughs> I, none of it makes sense. Nor would she die before him. Yeah. No women women, women live longer, and she's not a heavy drinker like he yeah. is. <laughs> you know, he's really lived a rough life, mm-hmm. which Clint... Making very, orchards or whatever. Ve- I like orchids to- is the word I'm looking for. Okay. Orchards. Okay. <laughs> Okay, all right. I'm tending my flowers. Okay, all right. In that first scene, I was like, oh, he's aged a lot better than I Uh thought he did. And then you're like, oh, that's digitally... Like they just did, did they just smooth. did they just Bridges him? I think oh, so. For that first moment where he's where it's like, like it's in the flower shop and he's yeah. like, hey, yeah. he's, he's basically he's basically Tobey Maguire like in Spider Man Three, just like dee 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 da da da, like air, like yes. little finger guns Flowers down the street, popping out of his sleeves. Hey, lady, hey, la- yeah. is this is this the be- ladies? You're on the wrong floor. The beauty convention is upstairs. Yes. <laughs> nice, uh, Clint. Go have two threesomes. I love that the first threesome is just not explained. <laughs> he's just with these ladies. Uh, okay, and, it's, and it's from Julio's perspective. <laughs> and he's and like, what the fuck? This movie is so funny. And it's, it's hilarious. And it's not, I mean, and it's not just funny. like unintentionally funny. That is a beautifully set up joke. And yeah. that we're with Julio and we like, because we didn't, we didn't, we haven't seen him have a threesome yet. We haven't seen him charm these ladies. We just see him letting these two women into his hotel room, and then mm. leaving in the morning. And Julio is just bewildered, looking through like <laughs> rear windowing through like the, the his hotel room into yeah, his. It's so good. it's hilarious. Uh, I Julio, laughed. Julio's hot. So yes. are the flowers Julio metaphors hot. for movies? Yes. Huh? Yeah. We what? solved it. Yeah, done. And then the, the the conven- wow. the convention is Hollywood because there's that shot. Yeah. Basically, it's almost a POV shot of like all of the throngs of admirers just clamoring to shake his hand and yeah. buy flowers. He's like, "What at a time!" <laughs> and that's every Academy luncheon. Yeah, that's just him going to lunch. Yeah. in Hollywood. <laughs> just did. It's just Clint him Eastwood at the Chateau has... Marmont. Yes, <laughs> yes. Hey, whoa! I'm walking here. <laughs> I just I wish I could do the impersonation of him going okay all right his really high pitched old man you voice. sound like Philip Seymour Hoffman doing Capote <laughs> okay everybody's talking about my voice <laughs> I don't know how to text isn't that good I have a title for my book in cold blood isn't that good <laughs> 
Ah, uh, thank you. I've lost it. This already. is going to be, just enjoy this, boys, because this is our last holiday episode. It's the last day of break. I know. And no and one's going to be in a good in And the then we'll be, yeah. when we record, um, what's our next one? Don't spoil it. Well, we'll bring it up ne- later. Whatever our next one is, we'll be like, Ugh. I know. We're oh, back. and the next one's a fucking slog, too. Wait. We're doing our top 25s. Oh, God. It's going to be awful. No, that's going to be quick clip. We get to talk about our faves for five minutes each. Yes. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway. Back to the mule. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. What the fuck's this movie about? The mule is about an old man who has lost everything. Same. <laughs> On the 2019, on the cusp of 30, <laughs> I'm also an old man. He's lost everything. <laughs> his house has been foreclosed oh, wow, upon. His it. flower business or whatever. Damn internet! It, what is, is his even, business? Yeah, is it even a business? He sells it's flowers to who? <laughs> Just people, people at the who convention. Moved to the internet. <laughs> no, he's a fl- uh, damn it. You know, he's, he's like a florist, but mm-hmm. he's but he's like a he's like a craft brewery. A craft brew florist. Mm. And this just goes to show that I'm part of the problem because I'm like, what is this? Is this like a greenhouse and you grow them and you sell them? Mm. It's like a, it's like a homebrew, right? It's like a homebrew for flowers. He's, he's do, yeah, he's doing a homebrew for flowers. But, but like, Who else agrees with Clint on the internet? Full stop. 100%. Like well, I do. When he says, oh, we're all just looking at these screens. Or was he the one about facing our phones? He's like, put your phone down and smell my flowers. <laughs> <laughs> he takes your phone out and shoves it rose. Well, in I your mean, like face. he's a florist because there's a great metaphor there with filmmaking. Like you grow them, you put all your time into them, all your attention, and then they're done. Yeah, you know, you finish the movie, it's on to the next orchid or whatever. Yeah. Um, Very Clint. But also because he's making this argument that you need to stop and smell the roses yeah. wow. throughout the film. What a message! And he is the progenitor of it's, said roses. It's really mm. special. It is. Our Clint. So he has lost. Our Clint. (laughs) Our Clint. Clint. He has. Thornton Wilder. (laughs) He's lost everything. (laughs) (laughs) He's looking for. Clint Eastwood's all is lost. He's looking for some cash. And through plot machinations of his granddaughter getting married. The most convenient yeah. thing to ever happen to but it works but it works he's you you've disappointed your granddaughter because you won't pay for the wedding and then someone's ears perk someone up is in like the oh need money if you need money you can run drugs from texas to illinois oh, okay and he's just uh, like i would like i would like to it, see pecans? it <laughs> what is it thank pecans? you you're welcome thank you mm. and so then he speaks to that man he starts mewling. <laughs> so I think that <laughs> I think the movie should have been called Mewling <laughs> with an apostrophe. <laughs> Once it gets to the mewling, mm-hmm. um, I had to start jeweling in my seat. Well, uh-huh. first of all, I think that's the best plot description that's ever been done on this show. Yeah. Second, I th- do think we should add a couple more <laughs> pieces of the plot, though. His family hates. His him. family hates Tysa him. He's, he's an absent father. Basic. Yeah, which as we were saying, we're getting on the mic. I've never seen Tysa Formiga disappear into a role like I have her disappearing into Basic. Mm. Grandpa, she's unrecognizable. Grandpa, Grandpa, Grandpa. I'm so glad you're here. I stuck up with you so many times. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, sorry. This is turning hey. into the puberty monster. I love. All right. The way Clay hey. hugs people, he's just like <laughs> with his limp ass hand, them with a limp dead hand. 
He's shaking for most of this movie. I love when he's on like when he's on mule and number like three or something. He's just oh, because it says on the bottom of the screen they're numbered. They are numbered. I think it's cute. The mule. I think it's sincerely cute. It is, and I love when he's singing. I forget what song. It's like a Sinatra song, Mm. and he changes the words to like Leo is singing. Uh Eavesdropping. He gets into it. I like when he does like his own. He makes up his own little spoof lyrics mm-hmm. about contracting an STI. Oh, I don't. Yeah, he's that. singing about gonorrhea. He's probably had many in his no, life. No, well, <laughs> he's had a lot of threesomes. He, yeah. which I love, just how casually. I mean, he just is. He, the character is so aloof and just slips into everything in this story, which is part of the point. Yeah. Right. But right. when he does have the 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 cartel threesome, he's just like. Oh, Mamma Mia. Like, <laughs> well, oh, boobs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I love just going off of that when he's eating the Klondike bar. That's oh, my favorite yeah. scene in the movie. Stop and smell the Klondike bar. It's, it's high comedy to me. Right. Oh, yeah. Remember that? I agree. I'm just bar, re- he's just like... <laughs> I just had like a moment where I drifted because you were doing Vigo and I was like, oh, Vigo is going to get a nomination before Ethan. And I didn't list him in my list. Oh. I forgot about him. Well, Green Book doesn't exist. I know. I just totally forgot. Like didn't even consider Green Book it. Drop off Ethan exist. and put in Vigo. Yeah. That's a horrible best picture, best actor category. I'm I sorry. think I would. Clint is not on my ballot. I actually think that some of the cracks in that performance show throughout mm-hmm. the film, but I would love if he got a nomination for this. I think it would be very fun. Yeah. I'd, I'd nice. prefer it over, you know, some other garbage getting in. Like, you know, if he gets in over Vigo, maybe he takes Vigo's slot, you know. It would yeah. be nice. It would be nice. I would like to What's see What's our it? homework? I would like to see, <laughs> like to see We will too. also be discussing a little bit two of my favorite movies of all time. Mm. Mm. The Bridges mm. of Madison County, starring Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep. Mm. And... Million Dollar Baby. Million Dollar Bay. Starring Clint Eastwood. Wow. And Hilary Swank. And Morgan Freeman in an Academy Award winning role. And Jay Baruchel in an Academy Award winning role. And Michael Pena. <laughs> he was nominated. They, they all won Anthony Mackie in an Academy Award uh, winning role. That cast is truly stacked. It is. Margot Martindale, Ricky mm. Lindholm, tied Lindholm. for Best Supporting Actress Can for the first it? time ever. Can you believe I cannot believe. That yeah. was really magical. When, when all those folks kept showing up, I was like, <gasps> and, <gasps> and And famously, it was the shortest Oscar speech of all time. Mm. Margot Martindale and Ricky went up there, said in unison to the audience, thank you. And the audience in unison said, you're welcome. Uh, oh. The best Oscar speech. I loved that part of the Oscar ceremony. Same. You got to put the pen in her mouth, Mom. Oh, God, it's so brutal. It's Mama. Oh, that scene Yeah, Million Dollar Baby. Me. How do you make your mark? And you're acting like I'm a bad mother. We would have taken her to Disneyland if she could. I love her visor. Her aggressive I love that she's wearing a Woody visor. Woodpecker shirt, I'm... not a Disneyland shirt. Yep. <laughs> Classic. This Classic. isn't a Universal movie, is it? No, mm. it's Warner. Yeah, oh, yeah Warner. For, obviously, yeah, of course. Um, I'm wondering if the place to jump into this is... I think we already covered it. Oh, we're no, done. we're done. We're done. I, I, I just... See you next week. I think that we all agree that this movie is Clint grappling with himself as... With the choices he's made. With the choices he's made, not just as a father, a spouse, a partner, but also his politics. Mm-hmm. I wanted the money so I could buy more time, but you can't buy more time as he's got his limp hug hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's so frail in this movie. He's really frail. But I just I think that we... I, I, I think that... It's there's there's this interesting dynamic around Clint Eastwood because this is someone who voted for Donald Trump, mm-hmm. and I feel like 
very there are very few people that we would be able to that we would give that we would even want to talk about mm-hmm. the way that we're talking about now we're having fun and we love all three of these movies yeah. yeah and if it i feel like the three the probably the three in a way with bridges when it comes to like love and relationships but certainly million dollar baby around compassion mm-hmm. and this film just about his place in society and the ways that he is responsible for a lot of problems mm-hmm. movie tackles privilege um they are, they feel like apologies yeah which is so yeah. striking considering he projects this cowboy mm-hmm. machismo um wouldn't 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 shed a tear wouldn't say i'm sorry just yeah. unapologetic individualistic and this conservative made the definitive text of the aughts about euthanasia yeah. in fiction anyway mm-hmm. it's important to think when million dollar baby came out like in 04 this is around terry shivo yeah um it was a, it was a hot button topic mm-hmm. in the country, but it also was a sharp divide between conservatives and liberals, or just Democrats and Republicans, right? Um, I, yeah, and then there are just so many scenes in The Mule. Like, there's the scene in The Mule where we cut. We're with Bradley. We're with Cradley Booper's character, mm-hmm. but when they pull over uh, the Latino man, yeah, and he says, you know, t- statistically speaking, these are the five most mm-hmm. dangerous moments, minutes of my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why would Clinton include that? Unless, I mean, like you, you can't, when you think about racial profiling, police discrimination, um, just the demonization of people with brown and black skin in this country, but specifically mm-hmm. Latino in this example, this is a man who voted for Donald Trump, who, when he announced his candidacy, he was running by calling uh, Mexican immigrants rapists and murderers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It feels like an apology. He, he, he is reckoning with the choices he's made, and I just yeah. find it really compelling. I do too. I agree. And yeah, those scenes really stand out where it's he's gliding by with his white man. And you know what privilege. it reminds me of is Howard Hawks, who mm-hmm. with, with Rio Bravo was very much like, I'm going to make the, the anti-liberal crap high noon movie. And I think Rio Bravo is just as much about compassion and brotherly love. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of Definitely conservatives love. just don't see that these things are actually liberal values mm-hmm. and they I mean I'm not going to defend Clint Eastwood no I don't in think that we, respect and I don't think we have to and I also yeah. and I also just think that it's I don't know I think but I think we can give him credit for this yeah I mean it's here's the thing I don't think that Clint is looking for absolution I think there are apologies yeah. and I don't forgive him for voting for Donald Trump and I still I don't forgive him for the many things he said, most goofily, the the twenty twelve Republican National Convention barking mm-hmm. at an ch- empty chair, mm-hmm. like I I think Clint when he Eastwood was only ninety four, right? And a, <laughs> a brisk ninety four. Oh, yeah, no, he he wasn't quite as frail yet. Mm-hmm. I find his politics hugely problematic, mm-hmm. and I don't in any way endorse, but more importantly, forgive him for yeah. those things. And I think that in the Mule, I don't think that he's necessarily looking for forgiveness as much as yeah. he's just trying to do right in the time that he has. Mm-hmm. And I fully don't expect Clint Eastwood to come out next week and say, I'm voting for Amy Klobuchar. Like yeah. that's not going to happen, but that's why I'm so fascinated by these movies. Like yeah. it seems like the way that he expresses himself in the films is him. Is, I don't know. It, 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 he, he seems to be exercising a lot of shame about the way that he behaves. Yeah, I agree. I think he, he includes these scenes of, like getting along with his Mexican cartel buddies, but he 
it's like he's very, he's able to walk a clear line of not saying all Mexicans are drug addicts, not drug addicts, drug dealers. I think that the depiction of the cartel members is pretty fascinating and yeah. that it sidesteps a lot, not all, but a lot of cliches mm-hmm. around yeah. um, Latino gang members. I agree. As mm-hmm. expressed through mainstream film and television. It's not perfect. No, but, absolutely not. But he's, I think he's trying. That This movie is about him trying. I mean, there's the scene, I'm not going to say it, but there's the scene where he is helping a black couple who uh, has busted... I almost said busted than that. Um, bust, oh, oh God, bust, busted a tire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I said I said busted. Wow. You just busted that? No, it's like you say you say a word and then you think of a, a phrase. It's like mm-hmm. uh, the in your phone. I don't have that yeah. set on, but when you type in a word and it suggests something, yeah. So I say you, I say busted out loud. I shouldn't have said busted, but their tire has popped. <laughs> their tire has popped off. You busted a nut. Uh, and Clint goes to help change the tire, and he uses a uh, a very outdated politically incorrect slur yes um and and the uh the the woman says you know we don't that's that's not cool like you yeah. can't say that word and clint is like oh okay like <laughs> all right but i don't <laughs> all right but i don't think that i don't think his position is god i wish these people would stop being so sensitive and I complaining agree. about this. Right. it's not right. louis ck talking about gender no. non-conforming people i don't think he, him, he, he is saying, he is saying thank you for wrong. educating me. Yeah, yeah, the whole movie. I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm wrong. You yeah. are not supposed to sympathize with those aspects of him. Absolutely. And you're supposed to sympathize with, he's a man who's been wrong his entire life, there's and the, now he's trying to change. There's the great scene where he's he's talking to Julio and is saying, like, you got to stop and smell the roses. And Julio's like, I don't think I should be taking career advice from somebody who is in your position. Yeah. Like, you yeah. work for us right now because you're broke as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although he has money at that point. I th- that's the barbecue scene, right? Yes. Yeah, when they go down. Yeah. Um, he also Garcia's. says something racist in that scene as well. Yes. I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. <laughs> he does. I got into a big argument with the fam over Uh-oh. Christmas. Let's about hear it. What a great holiday film. About the difference between a movie with racist characters in it mm-hmm. and a racist movie. Green Book. Because Green Book is a racist movie. Yes. And The Mule is a movie with racists in it. Mm-hmm. And we talked, and the, the point of view of this film, as we just said, is just that you are not, sub- Clint is taking a critical view of himself. I think the movie is a prayer for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whereas Green Book, not to go on a Green Book, I'm just going to say quickly. We can talk about Green Book. Green Book. Did you watch it? Nope. Green Bye-bye. Book asks you to laugh at Mahershala Ali. The whole time. The whole fucking Until he's, what did you say? Until movie. he's fully debased. Uh-huh. And he's forced to drive. Oh. And that's the final punchline is that Are he's- Are you kidding me? He's driving Viggo Mortensen. No. Who is asleep yes. in the backseat. Oh, Florence Foster, fuck off. Mm-hmm. Golden Globe winner. Jesus. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, it's horrible. <laughs> and then Viggo oh is the one that gets to go home to family for Christmas, and Mahershal is alone. And Mahershal has to go back to Queens or whatever. He has to go beg- to Vigo. And then the movie also ends on a punchline from Linda Cardellini, probably Academy Award nominee. No, no, Soon no. to be. I don't think What Linda, does she say? Remind me. Let, she whispers, thanks for helping him with the love letters. Oh, God. It'll fade to black. That's not the, the end. I hate that if Linda... Be. I'm a huge Freaks and Geeks fan. That's an important television show for me mm-hmm. from, Matt, from my high school I mean, years. Yeah, of course. She's, she's great on Mad Men. She should have gotten And him. Boy Meets World. She breaks up Corey and Topanga. Oh, that's right. But she she should have been... That's right. She should have been nominated for an Emmy for 
obviously freaks and geeks, but realistically, she should have gotten the guest actress nomination for Mad Men. Mm-hmm. And another, and I still haven't seen Green Book, but I have Brandon's screener, and for that, I say. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Although maybe I won't be saying thank you after I watch it. Yeah. But Snap the, it in half but when the, you're done. I absolutely will. And I'll, Set I'll, it aflame. I'll do it on Instagram live while I'm drinking a beer. Great. And announcing my candidacy for president. Cool. Um, Fun. I hate Green Book because it's making me root against Linda Cardellini getting her mm. first Oscar nomination. Yeah. Sad. Because it would be very sad. Which is happening a lot case. lately. It's like Jennifer Aniston for Cake. Well, she didn't get it. No, but it's she was so close. Yeah. And it's like that movie, Trash. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston Oscar nominee good yeah you know mm-hmm. i agree i would like to see jennifer aniston get an oscar nominee for She'll a comedy for Dumplin. like and just kidding she's not bad in Dumplin. i think she, she just she's has incredible just timing in i think she has incredible timing mm-hmm. she is so good at delivering jokes in character which i think yeah. is harder to do than most people realize yeah i think she i love friends more than I let on, mm-hmm. but same. I thought you were a big Seinfeld guy. I am. Both. It, Why not have it all? No, I'm with you. I don't think that it needs to be either or. Linda oh. loves going in the window. Linda, come here. Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> she saw your landlord. It's because we're, we're, she knows we're talking about her, so she's not going to do what we think she wants to do. She's got to throw us off. Thank wow. you, Linda. Um, You're welcome. Thank you, places. <laughs> Yeah. But Man, anyway, welcome, yeah, welcome, Jennifer yeah. Aniston is just such a good comedic actress. Mm-hmm. She is. And she's very good at the like soapier aspects of Friends, like the Ross and Rachel stuff. We like, want a break! Yeah, she can do a lot of things, but mm-hmm. I think she's just chill making $20 million for horrible bosses, you know? Which she's very good in. Yeah, she is, actually. Yeah. I like the first Horrible Bosses. That was a good movie. I feel mixed on it. I feel like hor- the success of Horrible Bosses, you can draw a straight line, and it's not just Jason Bateman being in the movie. You can draw a straight line between the comedy of Horrible Bosses and Game Night. Totally. Um, Same. And, and the, the, the tone of studio comedy sure. is how everybody, they're trying to go, they're trying to do dark comedy, and they're not doing it well. I think that a lot of Game Night is nauseating yes. in the way that it, the way that it is joking about violence. But it and this is someone doing... who thinks, no spoilers, but my number seven movie of the year is a movie that gets a lot of laughs out of horrific violence, which is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that I'm morally opposed to the idea of making a joke out of uh, mortal danger and mutilation, but I just think that. But the Cohen's jokes have a meaning. And by the way, John Francis Daly, who is from Freaks and Geeks, little Sam Weir, love him so much. He is responsible for this. And so I'm having to reckon with that, too. I mean, a lot of But Busy Phillips is doing all right. A lot of Freaks and Geeks alum are responsible for ills of the cinematic world today. But I don't think that... Sure, absolutely. But I I think that Seth Rogen's contributions are good. Yeah. But the, the imitators have sort of left more of a sour taste that's in interesting martin stars doing nothing but get work that's true that's an interesting note about horrible bosses because that started that through line mm-hmm. to yeah what we're seeing in game night i still like horrible bosses though it's fun i still like it it's fun i think it's a good movie it's pretty good thank movie. you for that you're welcome um let's talk about diane weist yes <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, you stop that. You stop that. <laughs> Don't spoil I kept the thinking movie. about Diane Weist as a rock when I saw her uh, in New York I did earlier. Too. The whole time I was just hearing her say, Willie. <laughs> Diane Weist to herself in this movie. Die. I wish. <laughs> I wish that she did this role as The Rock. Yeah, me too. She basically does. She doesn't get to walk around very much. Willie. 
Linda. Linda's tail is just poking out from the curtain. Hey, Linda. Sorry. There's just going to be cat asides on this podcast. Permanently. Permanently, Permanently. going forward. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. But sure, Thank do you want to? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make a Midwest boy out of him yet. Wow. Um, so what about Diane Weist specifically do you want to talk about? Um, how she got one take from yeah. Clint. Just how... Which proves his point <laughs> that he's not caring enough about his family. That um, it's there's just it. It's just that scene is weird. It's just off good. It's yes. not. It's not bad. No, no but, but you know she. It's can like do the difference better. between pure white and off white. Yeah, sure, <laughs> sure. It's yes. just there's just something that isn't there. I I agree. And She's I mean, good in the that first scene when he comes to the. Wedding the, party, yes, I, I I agree. She's she gets worse as the movie goes yes. on. Yeah, I agree. But I also yeah. I don't really like <clears throat> I don't like the writing of that scene. Diane sells it, mm-hmm. but I really don't believe that if they've been having this fight nonstop for the past thirty years, mm-hmm. that she would still have that much vim Rage. and vigor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. wouldn't she just be more defeated and like she, uh, she, she'd be like Jesus, here again? Yeah, get out of here. Mm-hmm. Stop it. That's yeah. true. And, and that's and, and she causes a scene at her granddaughter's wedding. Or, you know what? Right. Yeah, not and you're the right. Wedding, if right. the fight had been going on that long, she would n- not do that. No. That's why you need multiple takes. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. And maybe another look at the script. But this is, I mean, and again, this is where I think it's important to clarify. Like, I don't think that Clint Eastwood is a changed man because he made the mule because he's, there's still the moment where he's like, bitch, like under mm-hmm. his mouth or right. under his breath. And of course, I do think that he's being self-critical, but you have to keep in mind that the char- the man who is playing the character is the man also making the movie. And mm-hmm. I think... I think the problem with Diane Weiss' performance is that, like we're saying here, he, I don't think he gave her enough takes. Yeah. I don't think he spent as much time imbuing the sensitivity and intimacy between characters that I love in Million Dollar Baby and mm-hmm. Bridges in Madison County. He doesn't seem to do that with that character. And yeah. so he's still being a bad husband yeah. as a director while making a movie about apologizing for being a bad yeah. husband. So this is why it's like, it's not like I'm, I don't think we absolve him. I don't, yeah. I don't think he's changed all that much. Yeah, the only reason there's any like... And again, it's a... It's a when just real quick, because we're talking a lot about like we're saying definitively like who he is or or, or, or like how he's behaving. Yeah. Just wanted you know I always like saying like we're this is of course completely speculative, yeah. given a lot of context. But yeah, sorry, Brandon. Just really quick, uh, there's only there's no sense of empathy like when he's at the wife's dying we's deathbed. The only reason you know like oh it's great that he's there is because he's not doing his biggest muling mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think I think that he plays that scene a little bit differently on himself. I like his close-ups in that final scene. I do feel the bond between them. Like, I think that he, I think he has a lot of, I, I see the remorse mm-hmm. in that scene. Yeah. I've just seen it too long ago now. I can't remember specifically. I just remember not mm. feeling probably as much of what yeah. I should have been. Well, I agree with that, but I yeah. think that's because the scene is half-baked. Yeah. And that there's another partner who's not being served. I just think for a, for, for a while now, Clint has gotten flack for being a racist for a while now but i think what's more apparent especially in this movie is that he's inherently sexist mm-hmm. and just the way that he thinks it's just it's fine to have women drawn the way that his Diane Weist character and the daughter character and Taisa Farmiga character are a little shrill mm-hmm. yeah. and they don't really get i mean you get to see like a full range of emotion only in relation to how they feel about him. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's not, we don't get to see them having full emotions about anything else. So yeah. he's, and it's weird because 
The thing about Clint is he has never done development on a script. Correct. And when you get a script that has such strong female characters as The Bridges of Madison County or Million Dollar Baby, he goes he goes with it and he's able to make it even better because of his direction. But when it's whoever wrote The Mule brought the mule to him Mm -hmm. he's Mm -hmm. just like all right let's shoot it yeah let's go yeah he doesn't have any sort of sensitivity to be like well and it's an especially bad look considering sandra Locke just passed away Mm -hmm. right yeah when when you contextualize that history Mm -hmm. into this Mm -hmm. i mean you can see that that i'm sure that he was thinking about her when he when he read the script and when he was making the movie but it's you know i i saw i saw a few takes online that were even from like pro Clint people Mm -hmm. they were just saying how disappointing it is that she passes away and yet all everybody is still talking about is him yeah when he really fucked her over yeah time and time again Mm -hmm. I just think that's important to mention yeah Mm -hmm. it's just let's talk about the daughter character important um what's his daughter's name his it's not French uh Allison Allison Eastwood. Mm-hmm. I don't know which marriage this is from that he's, but he cast his real life daughter as his estranged daughter in the film. And part one of the major subplots is what's his name? Scott in the movie. Yeah, Earl. Earl. Earl Stone. Earl Stone. That's where I'm getting Scott. Uh, Goodbye, Earl. Earl is she's coming to terms with letting go of all the shit that he has done to her for 45 years and to just like make the best of what's left. And first of all, I think it's brave and I hate using the word brave when it comes to filmmaking and like acting, mm-hmm. but it is brave of her to do that and for him to let her the do that. The pain on her face is very real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which stands in contrast to the rest of the family members mm-hmm. and, frankly, Diane Weist's frustration with him. Hers, like, we don't know exactly what he did, but we just know, I mean, he wasn't there. He was absent, but it seems like he did a few other things that were just sincerely fucked up. Yeah. And I'm sure that Allison Eastwood is, think, obviously, thinking about her own relationship with her father, and it mm-hmm. is real. And yeah. it doesn't, of course, like, actors bring pain that is real into their performances all the time, but mm-hmm. she's acting opposite the man who inflicted it upon her. Yeah. And I think that is brave. Mm-hmm. And I think it has an authenticity to it yeah. that is jarring, mm-hmm. frankly. I mean, A friend of mine was like, yeah, she's not that good. And I was like, I think she's great. I think she's great, I think too. She is because too. she gets, it's totally real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's how I feel, too. Like, who else could do it? In that way, no one, because she has this history mm-hmm. with her father, playing her father. father. Yeah, that's um, brave. I think that's Very brave. brave. And there are specifics about her character that I can't remember, but I was all there were things where I was just like, uh, "Why is she like this?" Mm-hmm. Like from a writing standpoint, just like uh, why isn't she a more real human being? So. Watch the movie and let me know. Tweet tweet at me and let me know what are the things I'm forgetting in this movie. But she's just like a very one note character Mm -hmm. of just like hating her father and then coming around. It's a very simple thing and she doesn't get any, I don't know. She should just be, the writing in Million Dollar Baby is so strong and is so generous to all of the other characters that I just wish... This movie had that too. I do too. I know. I completely agree. I think that if you want to talk about 
bravery in terms of putting a side of yourself on camera. I don't. Th- I actually don't think it's the same thing when it comes to what Clint is doing and what Allison Eastwood is doing. Mm-hmm. Like Clint is showcasing his decomposing body, um, his frailty, his obsolescence. He, he looks like he's literally disappearing from the earth in every scene. Like yeah. he, he just the, the 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 way that he the way that he walks is just this like this shuffle. old man shuffle. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got like the okay. Like it's just like this really faint presence. Yeah. Um, I don't think that it's brave on the same level as that, but I no. think that it's possible that that as a director he might have been leaning his focus too much on himself there, knowing that that was gonna be saying something mm-hmm. extra texturally as well. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I see. I yeah. I, I but I'm with you on that. I think that you could disappear a lot of the Cradley Booper stuff and Lawrence Fishburne stuff. Yeah. And I think Cradley's uh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's good. Some of those scenes are just like. They're so just like, did you get him? Not yet. Well, all right, keep trying. Yeah, that wait didn't like, get him again. Fellow film fag Aaron Appleby didn't he have oh, a funny yeah, vlog about log this. Oh yeah, was just like those are those scenes. Like, did you get Lawrence him? No. Fishburne. Did you get him now? Got to catch that mule. We're getting closer. Well, how about now? We got him. We got like, the mule. Oh, okay, we got yeah. the mule. Yeah, I don't really like that architecture. I understand that you need it for the tension, right? Um, and, and, and you just and, need enough of that character for them to meet, yeah. and then for the ending to it's work. Heat. Yeah, it yeah. is heat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I I saw someone say somewhere, and I thought it was a smart point, just that Clint makes these these like weird ass movies like Invictus and Hereafter, mm-hmm. and just like that are kind of all over the place and strange, like compelling in their strangeness. And the fifteen seventeen Paris, yes. this very year, yes, which which is very. I, I didn't cannot see believe it, but... that came out also this year. Yeah, yeah, his second second movie of the year. I kind of wish we had done the fifteen seventeen to Paris just yeah. to contrast here, because my understanding is that and that movie some has, people really no like that movie it. has some, some smart people are fans of that movie, but mm-hmm. I, my understanding is that his he's not apologizing <laughs> for yeah. his politics in that one, right? Um, but what I'm trying to say is, like, oh, but when he's working in in a more traditional genre, that's when he really cooks with gas. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like that's a, true. The, the romance, the boxing film, mm-hmm. the cops and robbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He does the, just the mechanics of mm-hmm. genre really well. Yeah. The diner scene, the the heat moment is yeah. is quite good. It's yeah. quite good, and it's very good when they then meet at the very end, and Bradley realizes, oh, oh shit, that guy was the mule. Yeah, he was mule yeah. this whole time. Mm-hmm. I was having coffee with the mule, and it's also like I watched. Um, Excuse me, officer. I was watching uh, Old Man and the Gun right mm-hmm. after, the, and very similar plot. Very similar. Yeah, Old Man. Meets they the cop meets the robber. Yeah, like could it be him? Did are we to believe that Clint killed his handlers? Oh, because he's covered in blood. Mm-hmm. His handlers are gone, and then in the court, his lawyer is arguing his defense and is basically like he didn't mean to kill those people. I think that's probably Wait. right. I think that's probably right because th- there's. I, I don't remember that. It's one. actually a strangely elliptical movie. It is. Yeah. Isn't he bloody because they like they rough him up, but we trying to kill we, him. But we didn't. We didn't see him. We don't see any of that violence. Yeah. They and, are trying to rough him up. Yeah. But. But then they let him go. That they they say like, well, his wife died or whatever. Yeah, they do. But then you think. But he he's not, he is not he, as bloody as he is in the end of the movie as yeah. he is in that scene, and I don't think it's a continuity error. It's so. just that. Uh, it's just because his lawyer says references to the fact that he killed people. Mm-hmm. Oh, with his bare hands. I missed that. And with the his blood. Bare mu- with his little mule hose. With his, yeah, with his with his dead. I thought mm-hmm. it, I thought it was an interesting choice that um, 
and, and Clint must have watched The Fly like the night before he started. Mm. But as the movie goes on and he gets deeper and deeper into it, he starts developing hooves and mm. a tail and big donkey. He must have watched very Mandy Pinocchio. He's covered in blood. It's very Mandy. Big Mandy energy. The mule. Did you watch Mandy yet? No. I gotta tell you, I haven't stopped thinking about it. I like it hmm. more and more. <laughs> really? Yeah. See, that's me with Vox Lux. Oh wow. Vox. Sucks. I can't. I can't. That's me with Vox. I can't slut. get pieces of Mandy out of my head. I can. I forgot it the minute I saw it. <laughs> it. I. It's the quickest two hours I've seen in a really long time. Quicker than quicker the than the mule. Hours. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I just quicker well, than Vice. I just float through that movie. I, I mean, not, it's not dreamlike, I but drown it's it's nightmarish wow. and hypnotic. I don't know. I, I'm probably gonna ask my friend if we can watch it again at his on his projector wow. because I I really? can't stop thinking about it. Then you should pop over. Me there. about minding the gap. I knew you were going to watch it. The there was qu- no fucking way you close out 2018 without seeing that The movie. quickest 90 minutes of my life. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to, to talk I love about the gap. objective correlatives and, you know, transcendence out of the mundane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's magic to me. That's um, everything I want in a movie. I want to talk about some of the lighting and framing choices in The Mule, which Great. I think are extremely compelling. Just, for instance, the scene by the ice maker, which is that sort of fluorescent orange overhead sure. light. There's a scene, I don't remember what it is, but there's a scene where, um, I don't know, there's like a very big blue light. It kind of looks like William Friedkin's Killer Joe. Mm. And then there's just some crazy angles, like Michael Pena in the uh, sidecar mirror and how Clint is getting his reflection in the little, like the interior mm. mirror, mirror, the bigger mirror, and then you actually see part of him. Like... I don't know. I just, it, it's whether or not they all work. I think yeah. it's admirable that he's still taking visual risks at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. And I, frankly, there's certain shots like the ones I just described, which, especially when there's, he's sort of working with silhouette, which is nothing new for Clint, but they look like, they look like things from a movie like Mandy. Yeah. Like some movie that's going to come out of Sundance and everyone's going to be freaking out about it. I'm like, this new director's got such a crazy style. Like the mule has those shots yeah. in it. That's all. 90-year-old Clint pulling it out. Okay. Well, all right. Put the camera here. I guess. <laughs> Who's Thank the you. DP on this? You're welcome. No, the DP's like, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Who is the DP? Clint's like, I didn't say thank you. I don't know if the projection was really bad in the theater I saw it in or if the movie was shot by bad. Eve's Balin uh, Chair. Oh, my God. He shot Brooklyn. He shot hmm. her. Oh wow! Is it his usual DP? He shot. Does he have so. a usual DP? He shot no. Big. Lo- no, no. Um, but I don't think it's he's working with him. No, anymore. this is so this is this is dark. not this is not his regular. No, DP. it just looked cheap. He's never worked with this person mm. before. Um, he shot. That's he, he shot Sharp Objects and Big Little Lies. Oh. Um, so he's which Jean-Marc Vallée's guy. Yeah. So this guy yeah. probably he was did, like, he did he did Wild he did yeah. Dallas Buyers Club mm. oh yeah and That's, you know I'm, oh I, he I am, is John Mark Valet's guy I am of the I've, I've said this before I don't know if I've said it, I don't know if I've said this on the mic before I am an admirer of John Mark Valet and Same. there are these a few moments of just transcendent visual poetry just pops of it throughout yeah. his films and that's sort of what I'm describing in the Mule so yeah. that makes sense then that makes sense that was, hmm. well we solved it. Hmm. All right. That, that, as we all know, that was the question we were trying to figure out when we started the show. Who's shooting the Jean-Marc Valley movies? Oh, my gosh. Oh. And we did it. Mule IMO. Yes. Thank you, Mule. Almost a horse. Almost, Almost a horse, horse IMO. Almost. A horse Should we move on to homework? Yeah, but I just know that there's so much in the Mule that we haven't we touched haven't upon. We haven't the surface, but it's fine. Yeah. On to Million Dollar. Bibbe. In, all right. in the year uh, 2004. Oh, yeah, that's the history. Give us the history. 
there were two movies that everyone thought could win the Academy Award for Best Picture, and they were The Aviator and Sideways. And then, in the middle of December, Clint Eastwood swoops in. Here I am. <laughs> I got one for you. <laughs> and they're like, drops. they're like, Clint, where did you come from? He's like, you're left, damn it. <laughs> he drops the New York Times number three film of the century from their list last year. Yeah, good list, IMO. Um, and one of my favorite movies of all time, Million Dollar Baby, which I dragged my high school girlfriend to see with me. And hot, hot. it has defined my life for the last 14 years. I have such a specific connection with this movie. And I, I just, because, so, and The Mule does this too, where I am just surprised at how, like, far the third act takes it. Mm-hmm. And like with the mulets, with the bloody face and the violence, I'm not anticipating that happening in Million Dollar Baby. You're totally not anticipating that this is a euthanasia movie. Mm-hmm. You're right, yeah. It's a movie about compassion mm-hmm. in the face of a violent world. And it's a movie about makeshift family. Mm-hmm. And it's a movie mm-hmm. about like what you think. It's a movie about lemon meringue pie. It's a movie about True. Hillary Swank doesn't regret the choices that she made in her life because Clint regrets the choices he made in his life, so he makes sure she doesn't. And she's able to live a full life in just a couple of years. She shot her shot. And he helped her do it. Mm-hmm. I think that you can point to Million Dollar Baby as a very clear example for for the ways that Clint is working through his shame. Mm-hmm. Because he's doing it on screen, but I feel comfortable making these assumptions about his oh my god his, just the, the way that he is expressing such sensitivity mm-hmm. in these movies and the way that he seems to be apologizing for his own uh sort of calcified uh backwards ideas because yeah. the his arc in the movie is well he i don't want to get that grandiose but he is learning to care which is so moving to see on screen mm-hmm. but you also see how he is grappling with his hatred of his self-hatred and how he like you were saying, wants to do right by her mm-hmm. because he didn't do right by himself. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it's... And he didn't do right by Alison Eastwood, who he keeps writing letters to he, in Million Dollar Baby. And he, yes, yeah. and, he didn't, and, and he didn't do right by Morgan Freeman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no, actually, it's that he didn't... It's the whole thing that he blames himself for Scrap going blind in his eyes. Yeah. He didn't pull him out of the fight, even though he had he couldn't. He wasn't yeah. the manager, and it was, it was frankly, a hate crime what was going on. It, mm-hmm. He couldn't have been stopped. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, when he puts out the stool for Maggie, mm-hmm. and then she falls onto it, she falls onto it at, at her neck. Yeah. It's it's mirroring his experience with Scrap, and of yeah. course, that's not really his fault either. Mm-hmm. In that, one, she got punched in the back of the neck, and two, that's literally what you do every single time your fighter, like the the around ends, is you put out the stool. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's moving that while he is he is. Like you were saying, like what he's doing for her, but yeah. it's also just moving to watch him process his own self hatred. Yeah, and the mistakes think, that he may or may not have made. I think I find it just shame. Really, like one of the most powerful things I've ever seen in a movie is the scene at the end when he's talking to his priest about should I kill her, mm-hmm. and 
They're both right. In the priest is he's he's doing it the way that Catholics do where he's framing it as this is God, but what he's basically saying is this is an act of self-preservation if you don't kill her because you will have nothing left. And I think it's so moving that he he recognizes, yes, I will have nothing left if I do this and he still does it. And then he runs away to the diner mm-hmm. where they had pie together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so moving. I yeah. no, I completely agree. I think that... Um, it makes me cry every single time I watch it. Oh, I'm sobbing. through Because Hilary Swank movie. is just a powerhouse in this movie. Oh, absolutely. From start to finish. Yep. Yeah. Like, there's a when um, they're moving her into the wheelchair from her hospital bed and she's just like limp, her neck is limp, it's just like... The amount of control you have to have as an actor to not do yeah, that. well, it's a not it's stiff enough. It's yeah. obviously a very physical performance, yeah. but before you see her fight, it's more a performance built on charisma mm-hmm. and um, and grit. Yeah. yeah, you know, so you're not really expecting you're not expecting that type of acting. What you're yeah. describing there in the end, like a, a woman who has lost control of yeah, her body. Right. Yeah, that when she it manages turns. to do both. And yeah. like when we talk about star power. Linda, <laughs> Linda sitting on the kitchen counter. The but when we talk about star power, we're talking about like. Actors who are just playing themselves mm-hmm. often. But Hilary Swank is a star, but she's never herself. It's a different kind of, like, you can't stop looking she's at her. She's hard to pin down. There's, but there's no star image She still her. has this magnetic so. quality, mm-hmm. which is, I, I can't think of anyone else that's quite like that, like, who has that analog of maybe early Meryl, where before Meryl had this sort of, like, musical comedy persona mm-hmm. she was just in all of these different movies and she was magnetic and a star yeah and we'll talk a about her in a minute. actress yeah yeah it's interesting it is it is interesting that's really interesting. it's that's really rich layered and layered and, and i mean this movie was the other dark word that we were complicated oh did, did we riveting just, riveting it's it very riveting. riveting and riveting i was riveted that was pretty riveting that was rosie the riveted i there's a moment i love so much in million dollar baby when when clinton Hillary, or when Clint decides he's gonna he's gonna train her, mm-hmm. and he's like, "What does he say?" Wrote he's like, "I don't care if you get your teeth knocked out." And then it cuts to her reaction, and she just gives this big toothy grin. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's direction. I don't know if that's Hillary. It's yeah. certainly the editing, but it just shows what a great match they are as director mm-hmm. and actress, yeah. or you know, and then also just actor and actor. Yeah. But I love that moment so much. Yeah. It's so moving to me. Yeah. Clint has a real talent for casting, mm-hmm. and. Because he doesn't really direct actors, so it is mostly casting. And also, Hilary Swank uses one of the best acting coaches in the business. I forgot her name. They would go from, you know, do the whole movie from start to finish together. And because Hillary is the type of person that's going to put in that work because she knows how Clint works. So she, she's going to do all of the things that she has to do to get this right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very resilient performance. Mm-hmm. I adore it. Yeah. I, I did you when uh, I mean did anyone expect when they first saw this movie that it was going to turn the way it does? No. Mm-mm. I don't think. I mean, I couldn't imagine seeing I think it. it was totally advertised as a boxing it's a boxing it's movie. It's a boxing right. movie. Right. It's and a then, rags to riches boxing and movie. And then next thing you know, it's a euthanasia movie. And then the last so... 40 minutes of the movie. Yeah. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's totally insane. I remember being thrown off first time I saw it. Because yeah. I went into it thinking, ah, it's a boxing movie. Yeah. No idea. It's also, it's not just a matter of her convincing him to pull the plug. It's, mm-hmm. she. W- he wouldn't have been able to do it if they hadn't created this makeshift family, this shelter for each other. Yeah. And, 
you know, the Morgan Freeman narration totally works, but it's also yeah. it's a little it's a little much. But he's taught, you know, he's talking about like what boxing means as a metaphor and why people crave it and it's violent and yeah. you're behaving in a way that you don't in the world, blah, 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 blah. And so much of this movie, like similar, very different, of course. But I said the same thing about if Beale Street could talk like it's about shelter from the storm. Mm-hmm. And without without that, you cannot build the compassion that it takes to allow a woman to go peacefully into the night. Yeah. And I think that Clint is so good at staging in the gym all these little micro moments mm-hmm. between these like moments of intimacy between characters. Yeah. But then he always shares the moment of them then going back out into the world. Yeah. And that world is often just going back into the gym to train, or it might be at the end of the night and you know Scraps going to bed and Hillary's going back to bat bat the bag a little mm-hmm. bit. But in flawless silhouettes and absolutely, no, it, it reminds me of Kurosawa. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the. I'm glad you bring that up because that's the other piece of it. I mean, he's, I, what I was saying, like, I just love the way that he, he stages the gym. It's almost, it's almost like playtime. Yeah. Um, just in the, in the wides anyway, but that visual dynamic between light and dark in the movie is also an articulation of that idea. Don't you think? Yeah. 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 And it's, the way that Clint is able to strip everything to the elements, to the barest. He, he's an essential, mm-hmm. an essentialist filmmaker. And that's what silhouettes do. Yeah. Is you are just seeing the outline of a boxer or half of people's faces. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's down good. to the essence mm-hmm. of the idea of the story of the character. Mm-hmm. And, he, and that's true about the mule too. I yeah. mean, the mule doesn't waste any time with needless plot. Yeah. Like it, it's really, it's almost skeletal. <laughs> um, the outline of that movie. Yeah. His, uh, his filmmaking isn't described as like very classical. Mm-hmm. I, like, the, but I think Million Dollar Baby has some pretty radical shit in it. I love the like getting into the gym at the beginning of Million Dollar Baby, and it's like this ratatat, like mm-hmm. swooping oh, camera. It looks like We're Scorsese. Getting to know all of the characters. The, the camera goes from the street yeah. through the front double doors. We're yeah. tracking. I might. We might be tracking Jay Baruchel or someone who's yeah. walking in. Right. Yeah, and the camera's swirling around. It's, and you see all these people living their lives and like, doing their ha, training. Like, pop, pop, pop. Yeah. Just like ducking. He, ha, ha. Mm. It just, all right. I just think it, he just, it's just such an economical way to build this little world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, um, there are so many striking shots in this movie within, just within a scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, then you, like, it's almost like a, it's an insert, but like a really dynamic ins- insert's the wrong word, but it, it, it gets away from like cutting between actors. Yeah. And then we cut back to a conversation. You're like, no, Clint, go back to that shot. It was so good. And he's like, no, I, I got, you got it. Like yeah. he, he, he leaves you wanting more sometimes, but mm-hmm. in a way that embodies that, that aphorism or the, yeah. ad, the adage or whatever. Yeah. I'm so moved. Just one of them that he actually does return to that really moves me is his view from his office, watching Maggie through those windows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. how that then mirrors the final shot of the film. Mm-hmm. looking through the diner window, uh-huh. which of course is also a match when they were both there earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, guys. I mean, he's just such a, there's so much sincerity yeah. and so much, oh my, like it, there's so much compassion in this fucking yeah. movie. So, so um, he, it's, it's lovely. I mean, it's just, it's, it's humanist. Yes, it is. I do think that there is still a bit of an individualistic streak in this and that they're, they're about yeah. people like if you're going to talk about, and this is where I mean it's different from a Beale Street could talk. Because if Beale Street could talk is about family, it's about community. Yeah. And this is sort of about how people who are born alone and die alone. Yeah. Need to need, need to build these little micro communities to get away from everybody else. Yeah. So yeah. they can so they can actually do what they want to do. That's everybody true. else might be out to fuck you. Yeah. Um, you know, which is not my like, not my worldview, but 
buy a house in cash and don't get a mortgage. Why'd you have to buy me a house? That's the greatest line reading of all time. With the, with, with the throwing the yeah. ice out? Why'd you have to buy me a house? <laughs> and then in a Margo. And then also a couple minutes later when she's like, they laugh at you. And oh, she laughs a little bit mm-hmm. herself. I don't, I hate to tell you, but they laugh at you. That's what makes And it- Ricky Lindholm has the baby and she's mm-hmm. like, Mama! <laughs> Mama! <laughs> Miriam's here! God, what a movie. Ah, that movie. This movie. I love Clint's it. fades. Clint's use of the fades, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. pop up in all of these films. Like, yeah. There's something, there's something sort of classical about them, but there's also something kind of radical about them and that they're... He he uses fades for emotional impact, not mm. just as transitions. He does fades within scenes. Yeah, it's it's it's. I know, I'm not going to be a dummy and be like it's very French New Wave because it's not, but it is that playing with the form to evoke. You know what it is? It's very Kieslowski. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, for sure. Have we all, all right. seen all of the Decalogue? I have. I've only made it. I've seen half. I've of it. I've seen it. No, I've seen it all the way through more than once. Which one's wow. your fave? Um, the computer one. That one's great. That's number one. Is How that number one? Or ten. Huh? Decalogue means ten. They're all. They're all they're in one for each of the Ten Commandments. They're like an hour long a piece. Yeah, it's oh. a TV show. Oh, I remember you were. It's really watching good. Them, I was watching Daniel. it over. Um, uh, it was this uh, year. It, uh, Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and then was, two sorry, of last year. Two <laughs> of you. them. You're welcome. Were adapted. He made feature films out of. Okay. I've I've seen a short, a short film, film about, about killing, I've seen a short film about killing which I a short film about love. love I don't love a short film about killing I recognize that it's amazing mm-hmm. um, ultimately I think the point is rather simplistic yeah which if I, I'm sure at least twelve people who are listening to this are gonna like never <laughs> forgive me for saying that but I don't know I, I can I, they ever forgive you? I think no that, I think that the honest unflinching depiction of murder mm-hmm. is worth exploring yeah um, as is the ensuing guilt and 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 the and the guy trying to run away from it and everything and that he's eventually brought to justice um but i don't know like i'm i i got it yeah i got it i agree yeah well you got it I, how are we on time well, should we move on to it. bridges we can move on to bridges if you want 105 um to continue my hyperbolic chatting chatter tonight oh, yeah. What does bridges mean to you? Okay, the bridges of Madison County. The bridges of Madison spies. Ah! So we're in this county, and there's a lot of bridges. Um, this is a movie, and, they got, and some of them they got notes on it. And you know what's gonna happen? You're gonna take pictures of these bridges, and then we're gonna have some brandy in your kitchen. Uh, and then they're gonna fuck when they get the brandy. Would you, down. Would you like some brandy? The whole courting. Okay, we. Uh, yeah. Ben. Most romantic no, movie fine. ever made. It is. Literally. Mm. Literally the most um, romantic movie ever no, made. No, please. And it's. Tell us, Ben. And it's a very special romantic movie because she is the one that pushes it forward mm-hmm. from yes. every step of the yes. way. Yes. Yes. She is like. That is so important. She is like, I could take you to the bridge. <laughs> yep. The whole movie, she is Monique. I'd like to see yes. it. I would like to see it. Yes. I would like to. I would yes. like to. I would like the to see it. Movie. I would like to see you, literally. <laughs> no, and then Clint is trying to be like, no, I, I noticed about the divorce woman in town. Is it? I don't know. If you don't think this is a good idea, and she's mm-hmm. like, "I will see you at six. Yeah, she's like, "No, we made a plan, and I want to go. <laughs> yeah, I want to go. go. I would like, I would I would like, like to, to see, see it. it. She would like to see the bridge at sunset. She, I'd like to see it. 
your dick. Mm-hmm. I, I like when, when Clint's like, we should, maybe we should go for a walk, like to diffuse the sexual uh-huh. tension. And she's like, I would not like to see it. Let's go back <laughs> into the house. <laughs> yeah. They get like a hundred yards from the house. And she's like, let's That's go it. back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm good. Let's go back. I got like, I, she's like, I've seen it. Yeah. The, <laughs> I won't go there yet. Okay. Ben, yes. Um, This is a movie. I don't know who did the score, but I'm Didn't just going to. Didn't Clint do the score? Is that it? Might be. Yeah, one. we didn't. Clint's a goddamn composer. Yeah, top of everything else, he does. Wait, he does a lot of his own music. I thought you were. I thought you were talking about Clint Mansell. Do you actually mean Clint? Clint, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Clint. Eastwood. Oh, Lenny Lenny Niehaus. Okay. Well, when I first saw this, you did a lot of adult, music. Did a lot of music with Clint. Like ten. Is it a pen name? Years ago, not quite ten years ago, and I thought I had never seen this movie before, mm-hmm. and then. There's the first time that it does the da 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 da, and I had like a full like ratatouille, like yes. ratatouille, uh huh, just like of like catching it on TNT as a uh-huh. child, Ooh. and I was just like, oh Scandalous. fuck, yep, this movie is in my soul, it's embedded there deep. I just think Meryl Streep, your soul bloomed in that moment. Meryl Streep gives a top three performance of her career. It, I could not agree more. Oh yeah, and she. She's really, she's breathing this Italian, mid-century Italian woman Mm -hmm. who came to America with her American hunk soldier who liberated Naples and took her. And you totally get, yes, she loves him. It's It's a type of love, but she has never felt what she feels for Clint right now. Mm -hmm. That sort of passion yes and lust which she mm. is entitled to yeah yes and she deserves yes she deserves it and she's having this weekend where they're off to the Four state days. fair Four to get the sow judged mm. the milking cow or whatever it is eight days ago he leaned over and opened the glove box in his hand brushed my leg that's the best part of the narration at the end and seven days ago i was in des moines buying a new dress she she fucking drives to Des Moines to buy a new dress for him. She'd like to buy the dress herself. She, I'm getting a little. It's a very emotional I, movie. I can't like that final scene where she's the car, the car where it's raining and she's mm-hmm. in and she see and he hangs the the cross, the medallion, yep. the thing, the th- I'm I'm crying. Rem- At that point, yeah. I was a pile of oh tears. I I, w- I was ugly crying. That is, yeah. I th- yeah think the best directed scene in American cinema in the past 30 years, which is... Oh, is that the scene? That's the scene. Okay, because I wondered what it was, and I had a feeling. Well, it, starting with just... It was so much one of, of the dinners or that no, scene. No, it's that So scene. much of direction is about space between actors yeah. where you're locating them and him outside the car, her in the car, and then all the way up to when they are stopped at the traffic light, mm-hmm. and then how the intimacy, like, on such a minute level mm-hmm. uh, her in the car every yeah. single thing she's doing and the husband's and then, oblivious he's like yeah which is also really strong until direction. he's not honking yeah. at him mm-hmm. yeah until he's not but it's also just like the simplest things of like they leave the the parking lot and they flip a yui into like get the geography right so that you understand that they are still behind clint's truck yes it's very like it's like you were saying with beale street that it's it's stupid to say that the camera's just in the right place at the right time and it did it is and, it is, yeah. and it's it's magical and 
it, it's so agonizing how long it takes. Forever. They are just, he is standing in the rain and she is staring at him for so long. And her hand long. is on the car door. For, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. We keep, mm-hmm. it's so many shots, edits to this, to, to her husband, well, and back you, to the handle, to the truck again, and beca- back to her husband, and, back to the handle. And because of that, you truly don't know. I mean, you do know which way it all ends up because mm-hmm. it is told within a flashback structure. Yeah. We know they don't right. end up together, but right. you still believe that it might. And mm-hmm. that's just the power of the editing and the direction yeah. in this scene. And mm-hmm. the performance, of course. Yeah. You're just and like, what Meryl does door. is totally astounding. And I also, I'm, I, absolutely. And I love that Clint, you never see his face when yeah. he gets in that car. That's right. He, he, he this, did, this is not a movie about Clint. Exactly. Even though Million Dollar Baby, ultimately Million Dollar Baby is, this is not a criticism, Mm -hmm. but I can tell that a man wrote it because ultimately Maggie is a character in his life and not the other way around. But in this, it is the other way around. Mm -hmm. A man wrote The Bridge of Madison County, though. Uh, Richard uh, LaGravenes who mm-hmm. uh, wrote the book though it's a man still. I yeah, think. I don't it know. I forget. It's based on a man's book. But it's about this woman and her her all all of the choices that she regrets in her life. Yeah, That's, all all of the bridges that she wished she had gone over. Mm-hmm. All of she's she has this one weekend she feels like where she can make the decisions that she actually wants to make. And she, she does. And she goes for it. God, when she lies to her stupid friend on the phone, she's like, I don't think he looks like a hippie. When yeah. when when she when the friend is gossiping about the photographer in town and while she's on the phone telling her friend that she doesn't agree with her assessment but she doesn't know the guy, yeah. she puts her hand on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Just like in yeah. the movie Carol. Oh. And again, to Ben's point, she is initiating all of this. Yeah. I mean, and Clint is just such a good guy in the Bridges of Madison County. Mm-hmm. He's never been sexier. Correct. Never. And it's not him doing the man with no name. Like it, it's yeah. not this swaggery or it's not, it's not John Wayne. There's always this mystery about Clint's Western persona. Like yeah. he's an inscrutable, um, sun baked scoundrel, but that's pretty fucking sexy. And he um, also, it's, he's doing his like loner man, cowboy totally. thing. Yeah. But, He's at the point of, but I also regret all of those choices that yes. led to this life. Mm-hmm. And it's just, in the musical, The Bridges of Madison County, which came out in 2014. Who was in that? Kelly O'Hara. Oh, right. And uh, Stephen Pasquale. Um, the final song is, it doesn't use the framing device, which is what the book is, but it's about how she chose love in every aspect of her life. And that choosing to stay with her family and children was the love that she chose in that moment. Mm-hmm. But in this week, she chose to love this man and that all of it is worthwhile. Yes. And I think that's a very powerful message. And I think that's yeah. an important point because I don't think the movie is making a dichotomy just mm-hmm. between like trapped in a, in a yeah. suffocatingly simple life and a life full of passion yeah. and travel mm-hmm. and intimacy with this man. I mean, it's... As she makes clear in her letter, she is so, and she makes clear to Clint, she can't do it to her kids, not just because she thinks they would be embarrassed, but because of her love for them. Yeah. And yeah. she does have it. She has a different kind of love for her husband. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no passion, no. but she has a respect for him. You know, yeah. I think we all think she made the wrong choice. And they're right. you companions. Know. Yes, exactly. But it makes sense but it's, why she made the choice she did. It just ha- it, he's, she grew up in war-torn Italy. Yeah. She's going to choose stability I just at the think end of the day. Eastwood very sensitively draws 
that it is a dichotomy, I guess, but it, it is not simple. It is not yeah. great life, shitty life. Correct. Right. It is so much more complicated in the gray than that. Yeah. And I just and this experience gives her the best run of her life. Mm-hmm. Because she's able to bond with that woman. And it's not because mm-hmm. some man, some mysterious, sexy, lefty drifter came in and gave it to her. She yeah. took it. Yeah. You know, she made it happen. Mm-hmm. I know you guys brought this up last week briefly, but where do you guys stand on the framing device, the kids? He's awful. I would cut it. I don't hate it, but I would cut it. The The daughter's fine, but yeah, the yeah. son is horrible. But I love the conversations that they have about their own lives there is, and yeah, their own relationships. She's yeah. going through a divorce. He's stuck in a stale marriage. And you do see that them learning about the secret that their mom held, mm-hmm. it makes them Closer change together. actions yes, in their more lives. importantly, yes. And like, I'm going to leave this shitty man I've been dating forever. Absolutely. Married to? Married, yeah. Married for years. That, fo- that phone call that yeah. she gets. See, I love that phone call that when she calls her husband at she's the like, end. She's like, staying. she's like, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We didn't, it's fine that our marriage didn't work out. Yeah. But then his, what is, what is the son his, say he's to just his like, wife? I'm, he's like, I'm going to try harder. Yeah, yeah. He's just basically like, I'm going to not be a shit husband. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just. Because he, then you'll cheat on me. He, <laughs> That's the subtext. With, with Robert, a uh, Robert Kincaid yeah. type. And, and, oh, Robert Kincaid. Um, I'm I'm in love. It's yeah. if I had watched. I mean, I'm sh- I, any, I watch these movies in any order. I'm gonna sort of fall in love with Clint Eastwood. But starting with this movie, I mean, there I gave him the benefit of just about every doubt. Yeah. Uh, in the Mule and uh, and also a Million Dollar Baby. Yeah. But I also think that it's sort of you it, you can decode a little bit about how he's approaching. Um, like the sexism, for instance, in Million Dollar Baby, where he's already coaching Maggie. They've grown really close, and he says to Scrap, "Like, don't be such a girl." But you know that you know that he knows what he's saying, yeah. and that there's this additional layer there where mm-hmm. he is commenting on how ridiculous yeah. a, such a statement that is. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I mean, it's a, it's apparent. You don't need the Bridges of Madison County to see that, but I don't know. Like starting with Robert Kincaid, mm-hmm. I was just I. I think Clint is, doesn't get enough credit as an actor, as a versatile actor, because yeah. there's so you can't compare Earl Stone and Robert Kincaid, yeah. nor can you compare Frankie Dunn and Robert Kincaid. Right. You can maybe compare a little bit more Frankie and Earl, but even those characters are drastically different. Mm-hmm. Earl is an optimist, for instance, right? Yeah. Um, but I just want to run my fingers through his goddamn mm. hair. How old is Clint in Bridges? So he's 88 now, and that was 23 years ago. Sixty-five. What? Crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I thought he was in his late fifties. He's still able to get AARP. Yeah. (laughs) With those arms? I know. That's what I noticed. That's what I noticed. His mule arms are like a pencil, and his Bridges arms Mm. are like a tree trunk meatloaf. Mm. Meatloaf. Oh, I love his meatloaf arms. (laughs) Thank you for those arms. I love when she takes a bath. You're welcome. You're welcome. Knowing, yeah, welcome. Knowing huh? that he was here moments ago was the most erotic moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, so sexy. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's letting the when when they dripping, yes. the, the shower the, drip. the yes. fades of their dance together. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Yeah. There's also I love the way that he evokes a history within that kitchen. Yeah, we watch the we for, we're we're in the kitchen. I can't remember. I'm sure that we are in the kitchen in the in the. Uh, flashback structure in the present day. Yeah, we're certainly in the bedroom. We're in the house anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but just then we're in the flashback we see the whole family sit down to eat there we see yeah. her listening to opera by herself while she's cooking mm-hmm. and it's this lonely this place of loneliness and private escape Yeah, and just the way that it's transformed 
And then the wife, so the kitchen is her domain. Exactly. But it's not really her domain once the family moves in because yeah. they're in charge of the conversation. They're in charge. They, they change the entire tone. Yeah. Um, but another reason that I like the flashback structure is you get the cut from Clint and Meryl, I think, sitting down to dinner, or it might be the end of their dance. And then we cut to son and daughter in the kitchen. Mm. And I just think it's so moving zero. Yeah, to see how that space. It just, it, it, it's, I, 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 I talk about this a lot, I feel like, on the podcast, but I just, I love directors who know how to embody the history of a space. Yeah. And that's hard to do. You can't, yeah. even if, even if you, your movie takes place in a single location, that doesn't mean that you're going to feel like the memories are, you know, soaked in the wall like yeah. smoke. You re- it's about exploring the space. It's about building intimacy between characters. It's yeah. about it's a, it's very clear to me. It's like it's locating a character within the environment yeah, and right. how they are operating either in opposition or in tandem with it. I think a lot of yeah. it speaks to how Meryl engages with the room in the first like cooking scene I, when she's listening to the opera. Yeah, yes. And it's, she just moves with such ease. Mm-hmm. She closes the fridge with her foot. Yep. She's barefoot in the kitchen. And she just knows where everything is without looking. She can just grab it. And... She's scraping potatoes. Yeah. She's shining boots. It's very... <gasps> you didn't think I was going to miss that one. Sean Dealman. You might say. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. You're welcome. I love Bridges. It's such a good movie. I, um... It's a good cry. I'm crying. I just... I, yeah, like I, I... I'm crying right now. I didn't stop crying. I started crying 30 minutes and I didn't stop crying. Yeah. And I'm not having the same emotion when I'm crying. I mean, at the end, I'm devastated. Mm-hmm. But I'm mostly crying because it's just so goddamn beautiful. The, yeah. Their relation of the happiness that is that is built there. Yes. I agree. Yes. God, so sweet. I just... I just... See, dot, this is dot, the one... Dot. I guess I remember it pretty well. We're having a pretty good conversation. But I this is one that I wish we'd watched like yesterday. And I had yeah. my notebook. Because if I'd had my notebook, I oh, would have... Oh, did felt, you not... Were you not able to rewatch... No, I just watched it the one time last week. Um, but oh, I, oh, I could fill okay. 10 pages with notes on this movie. It is just a flawlessly acted, directed yeah. piece of... It, I mean, you, in that it's a mood piece. It's a tone yeah. poem. Yeah, <laughs> like, about Iowa. Yes. About Stuck in Iowa. The plains of Iowa. How great, how great is it when Clint sneaks up on her? When, when he, he's like, I just got to... I'm just gonna get my set up, oh. and then she mm. walks into the bridge, Ooh. and then he's like, "Boo!" on the other side of the bridge. He just she's like, "Oh my god!" and then and oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh Mussolini, oh. and and then oh. we get the pictures uh, that the kids see in yeah. the beginning, where she's like hiding her face. Yeah. Oh my gosh, when she so Meryl mm-hmm. oh. hiding her face. How great is their little detour? Like when they leave town, yeah. their little road trip. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and they get out, and they're on the. They can be free. Mm-hmm. They don't have to pretend that they're not fucking. Yeah. Had you seen it before? No. Or is this your first? This is my first time. Oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you had seen it before. Magic. Both of our first times. Yeah. I, feel, I mean, I do feel like, um, it's just like, I know that like there are these huge Clint Eastwood fans out there. Mm-hmm. And I guess I've, like, I love Unforgiven. I love Million Dollar Baby. Mm-hmm. Um, those are movies I've loved since I was a teen. Um, but now I gotta say, like, just between the bridges of Madison County and then the Mule, I've yeah. just gotten really fascinated with who this guy is and how yeah. his psychology, how he's working out his his psychology in his films, which is something I never really thought about. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, Unforgiven is. I mean, that's a very easy. Um, I, I definitely picked up on that then, like a, yeah. a, a man, a, a dying man in a dying world, mm-hmm. and how he has he is. Actors culpable. Yeah. Um, he 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 his failings are culpable in the moral failings of that society mm-hmm. as a man mm-hmm. 
so I stepped, I knew there was sort of like a self-reflexive quality in his filmmaking, but yeah. I'm like, I don't know. My interest is reinvigorated and now I want to yeah. watch like fucking space cowboys. Hell yeah. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Space Which is Cowboys. a weird place to be in because I, again, going back to where we started with this, like this man voted for Trump, spoke in support of him. Mm-hmm. By the way, Trump is in Million Dollar Baby. We all clock this yeah. in, on the bus that Maggie's yeah. riding. Oh, There's yeah. An apprentice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way that feels critical mm-hmm. because he's talking about class in Million Dollar Baby yeah. and about privilege mm-hmm. and the way that opportunities are afforded to some and not others, but also how this stuff is... Um, Maybe gen- it's I don't I don't think generational is the right word, but it's you become entrenched in your own situation. You know, it, it, you 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 your inheritance into this world. If you're born yeah. in, if you're born in a trailer, you're probably dying in a trailer. Mm-hmm. And showing the Apprentice ad, which is this reality show that is saying, no, you can be me. This like super successful, lying piece of shit mm-hmm. businessman. But it's a reality show. It's a facade. Yeah. Um, but of course, people ate it up. Yeah. Like, you know gold covered chocolate yeah. <laughs> like and it was actually gold covered shit oh yeah um but i think that's it very in, i think it's very intentional the yeah. the trump bus it, ad it in the movie. feels into because he and you easily could have gotten rid of that yeah and you don't even have to read it through today's lens you can yeah. think about it at that moment right what the apprentice represented yeah um yeah i just i wish that clint would do a little more self-examination yeah in his own life because the other thing rather is than he's, in the movies he has all of these movies but he's also just as willing to make Jersey Boys homophobia movie, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and and but he made Jay Edgar, which fellow film fag Matter Spammer was telling me to watch. He said it was really important to him, um, and I'm curious, really curious to watch that now. Wait, uh, I don't like. I never saw. No, Jay I don't like it either. Well, I never saw it, but I'm curious. Matt wrote a piece about it. I'm sure oh. you could. Oh, I just scratched my new tattoo. <gasps> Not supposed to do that. Uh oh. <sighs> anyway, sorry. Um. Yeah, Dustin Lance Black wrote that. Yeah, he did. Hmm. Interesting. Bad movie IMO. But I haven't seen it since. I don't know if the gay aspects are the bad part of it, but I can't remember. I want to see Army. I don't remember. It's I don't just, remember. I saw it so long ago. I just think it's boring as shit. It is boring as shit. I want to wrap see, it up. Yeah, we yeah can I want to see I want to see Judy Dench as his homophobic mom. I don't even remember that. Gosh, yeah, it's I shouldn't even have an opinion because I yeah, same. I saw it so I'm so looking long up ago. the J. Edgar IMDb page. Let's just quickly go through the awards history of J. Edgar. Uh, because I feel like Judy Dench got some not like some key nomination, but maybe I'm making that up. Really? I might. Maybe I thought I'm, it got completely shut out. No. Oh no. Oh my God! I didn't know this. Army got a SAG nomination oh. for this. Leo got Leo got the Globe and SAG nomination. They all missed oh, the Oscar. Ju- Judy Dench got the Best Supporting Actress nomination from the AARP Movies for Grown Ups Awards. Uh, it right. w- J. Edgar was on the AARP. AFI Top Ten list. Mm, of course, it was. Um, sounds about right. Well, I'm not mocking it. Like I said, Matt really likes this movie. I haven't seen it. it. I'm curious to. Oh my God! So Judy Dench. See, this is what I'm curious. This is why I really want to see Judy Dench sink her teeth into this material. She wins the uh, an award from the Women Film Critics Circle Awards. The award is called Mommy Dearest Worst Screen Mom of the Year Award. <laughs> I have to see it. Oh my God! I have That's to see an it. Award. Uh, I it was, missed all the Oscars though, right? It yeah. didn't get nominated for anything. Um, yes. It's not a good movie. I well, will just say I haven't seen it, but I'm curious to check it out, and I'm curious to check out A Perfect World. I see what so you know when when you're home for the holidays you're surrounded by all your things from when you were from when you were a younger person yeah. and I have a lot of my all my old movies are there I have the outlaw Josie Wales which I I never actually watched like I totally got a little fascinated by Clint I've got Unforgiven there I've got Million Dollar Baby there mm-hmm. I've got a few other I got at least one or two more Clint movies you're actor 
Yeah, yeah I've got Hereafter, of mm. course. That came out in college. I bought five classic. copies. That was a classic. And I loved it so much that I bought a copy for everybody at my birthday party, yeah. and that was the party favor. Good. And then he made... I don't want to pop off on Letters of Emo Jima. Great that's, film. That's a great movie. Great, great movie. film. Well, what I no, and he, he made Flags of Our Fathers the same year, and everyone mm-hmm. thought that was a little simplistic. Yeah. And then he's like, well, well here we here's go. Here's the follow-up. Here's the other side. Bitch. Yeah. And, it's, and everyone was like, thank you. And he was like, you're welcome. It was great. All well, right. this has been Movies IMO. Thank you. You're welcome. You can follow us on iTunes and rate and review and subscribe and give us five stars and tell us. How many tons of cocaine have you shipped from Chicago? Yes. <laughs> Yes. In the back of your pickup truck. How yes. many pecans can you eat at uh, once? Tell us. How many threesomes have you uh, had? Yes. Oh, we didn't even really talk. God, we, there's so much we didn't get We didn't even scratch the, the surface. We yeah, didn't. we didn't talk about Andy Garcia. Oh, yeah. Oh, how many times have you been shot in the back? Oh, oh. <laughs> literally. That got a gasp in my audience. Oh, uh, same. Yeah. I was gasping. There was... That was it. Were we in the same movie theater? Yes, I was like, God, I gasped so loud. It reverberated across space and time. Yes. Wow. Wow. You're such a temporal gasper. <laughs> My name is Ben MP. You can find me on Twitter at Real Todd Haynes. Are you dying? My yes. name's uh, My name is Daniel Crook. <laughs> you can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. One thing I want to say, I didn't even intend for this to be a callback, but it is a callback. Clint steals from In Cold Blood mm. in Million Dollar Baby. Mm. So in, in In Cold Blood, we have uh, Perry, the murderer, um, he is looking out a window mm-hmm. and it is raining and the tear or, and yeah. the raindrops come across the glass and slide down his face like in shadow mm-hmm. and it's like tears on the face and million dollar baby he does this with himself it's oh, not there's not quite yeah. as much shadow there but then i was thinking about in bridges of madison county all, there's also obvious the rain are tears yeah yeah <laughs> that god is sobbing yeah and you know clint believes in god well i don't know maybe he well, doesn't who knows that's a whole question that is a question anyway we haven't even i like the mule the surface I like good mule. Good movie. I'm Brandon Kirby. You can find me on Twitter at BK Kirby. Next week. Next week. Next week. We're talking about our top 15-ish movies of the year. We're gonna we're gonna say our top 25s, but we're only gonna discuss our top 15s. Yes. yes. So, love your nails. Thank you. Tell tell everybody what they're painted. Robin what egg color? blue. Hell they yeah. match your microphone. They match your eyeballs a little bit. Oh, both. It's kind of the perfect mix when you're green little fuzzy on the microphone and you're. I'm just doing all of it. It's to keep me from biting my nails. And it's a fun color. I think so too. Thank you. You're welcome. I love it. So that's next week. We're wrapping up the year. Fuckers. What? (laughs) Brandon. (laughs) Be nice. Wow. I'm looking for. Holidays are over. Niceness is canceled. Oh, I like that though. Thank you. You're not welcome. (laughs) The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.